This is Matt. I'm the lead pastor at Westminster Baptist Church. Thanks for engaging God's word with us. My prayer for you is that this would be supplemental to your discipleship journey. Uh, If we can connect you with a local church or discipleship group, uh, please contact us at info at discoverwbc.com. The same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. And while shepherds kept their word.
shout it. We will shout it from the mountains, Father, of your birth, of what you have done for us. God, of how you came to this earth in such a humble way, how you gave up, Father, your status in heaven, and you came to walk among us, grow up as a child, and become a man one day, Father, that would give his life for us. God, I can't imagine the emotions that came along with that journey. But God, I'm so thankful that you came. As, as I think about just Mary and Joseph, Father, raising Jesus, God, just as a humble servant, as a, as a child, we are so thankful, God, for your gift. God, we thank you that in this season, God, we can remember what you have given us. What a precious gift you have given us, a priceless gift. We love you, Jesus. It's your holy name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas. Though the wind and the waves may surround you, God is in the storm with you. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens, and the earth. And now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the surface of the watery depths, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. In the darkness, in the formless, and in the empty, my God is with you. In Jonah chapter 1, verses 4 through 5, a similar circumstance happens. It's when God is called Jonah to go to Nineveh and Jonah disobeys and gets on a ship and all of a sudden he finds himself in a great storm. It says in verse 4, but the Lord threw a great wind onto the sea and such a great storm arose on the sea that the ship threatened to break apart. And get this, the, the sailors were afraid. Why are mariners afraid? They grew up their, their entire life. Like, get this. They grew up there and their entire life was built around this sea. They grew up on the ship. They knew how to make sure that it did not break apart in the worst of storms. They knew what it was like to tread water in the ocean. They knew what it was like to, to be left uh, in the ocean, to have to swim to different places. Like, these guys knew what it was like to fish, to take cargo, to go on the ocean and get from one place to another. And right now, they're going from one place to another, and they're terrified. Why? Why would mariners be terrified? It says in verse 5, Each cried out to his God. They threw the ship's cargo into the sea to lighten the load. Meanwhile, Jonah had gone down to the lowest part of the vessel and had stretched out and fallen into a deep sleep. Later on in verse 10, it says, Then the men were seized by a great fear and said to him, What have you done? The men knew he was fleeing from the Lord's presence because he had told them. This is the second time we see that they're afraid. 
Now this time, they're, it's a little bit different fear. They're afraid because they know that Jonah is, is rebelling against this God, Yahweh. And as he's rebelling against this God, this God has thrown or hurled, literally he has hurled this great storm to Jonah and to this ship that these mariners are terrified, both of the storm and now of God. Later on in verse 15, it says this, Then they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. And the men were seized by great fear of the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. When the storm subsides, they are still afraid because they know the great power of Yahweh. You see, God reveals his power in the midst of this storm because he's a God who can control the wind and the waves. And in the midst of the storm that you face today, in the wind and the waves, in the storm, in the darkness, in the emptiness, no matter where you are, your God is with you. In fact, to the point that our God came into this earth full of all of its struggles, our God came into the midst of it. You see, I have in the past 24 hours found out that one of the young men that I work with took his life and found out that a baby boy was born into our church family. Christmas time is difficult. Christmas time is a time that we can celebrate and mourn. Christmas time is a time we remember those whom we love who aren't with us, and we remember those whom we love who are with us. But the only reason that we can celebrate, and the only reason that these men can offer a sacrifice to the Lord because they've been saved is because their God, the God Yahweh, the God of Jonah, was with them. And the only reason we can celebrate this morning is because God is with us. Amen? Three times these sailors were afraid, and twice God calms them. Because in the wind and the waves of life, and when they surround you and they seem like they're going to overtake you, remember, the wind and the waves are obedient to Jesus. A couple hundred years later, some more sailors are caught in the midst of a storm. It's recorded in Mark chapter 4, starting with verse 37. It says, A great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking over the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. But you've got to remember this. It's not the measure of the storm that you face that determines the outcome of your life. Not with Jesus. It's not the measure of the storm that determines the outcome. Not when your Savior is with you in the midst of the storm. Verse 38 says, He was in the stern. Like that, that, that is a profound statement in your life. Where's my king? He's in the stern. Why is he in the stern? Look at what it says in verse 38. Sleeping on the cushion. My God is at peace. And so they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? You see, they forgot. It's not the measure of the storm that determines the outcome. It's the one who controls the wind and the waves. It's the one who's in the boat with you. It's the one who's in the storm with you. Verse 39 says he got up. Get this. The whole time Jonah's rebelling against God, he's going down. Goes down to Tarshish, goes down in the boat, and then goes further down to go to sleep. 
What's Jesus do? He gets up. Why does he get up? Because at the, at the sound of his voice, winds and waves are silenced. They're calmed. There's peace. And so Jesus gets up. He rebukes the wind and, and says to the sea, Silence, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And then he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? You see, the mariners with Jonah were afraid, and the disciples with Jesus were afraid. And my question to you this morning is this Are you afraid? Are you afraid of the storm that is around you? There was another group of people who were afraid, not sailors, but shepherds. Rachel already read this to you, but I want to remind you of verse 9 through 14. It says, Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. When the presence of God is with them, they're terrified. Why are they terrified? I think it's the unknown. Did you know that in Hebrew, uh, especially with Old Testament considerations, uh, the, the ocean was a place of the unknown that brought about fear? Um, the, the, the dark. It was the, it was the place where, I don't know what's underneath it, uh, the fear of what could be there. We, don't even, we still don't even know what's in the ocean. We know some percentage of it. It's growing, it's growing daily, weekly, monthly maybe. But we don't know the whole totality of what is underneath the ocean. And there was this great fear of what is there. And for these shepherds, there was a fear because of the unknown of what this presence of God would be doing. In verse 10, it says this, But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you. Who is the Messiah? The Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people He favors. Now I want you to stop there and consider this passage. And I want you to consider Genesis chapter 1 and Jonah's, Jonah chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2. And I want you to consider these all together and ask yourself this question. Should the presence of God calm our fear or create fear? The reality is it does both. Fear of what God could do, but not fear of what the world can do. Do you, do you see me? Do you see what I'm saying? Not fear of what the world can do, but fear of what God can do. Because the world can take your life on this earth, but God can take your life for eternity. And so we have a different kind of fear, recognizing that our God is more powerful than the things of this world, and that our God has the wind and the waves in His control. And these, these angels are communicating this to these shepherds, but guess what? The shepherds need to find out this truth for themselves. And so I want to challenge you this morning, as we focus on Christ this Christmas morning, and we worship Him, and we shout to each other as we go down the hallways, Merry Christmas. As you center your mind on Christ, I want to ask you to consider this. When you hear that there is a Savior has been, who has been born, when you hear that He is the Messiah and the Lord, will you do as the shepherds do? Because really, we are part of this story. When we're told that there is a Messiah, Savior, and Lord, we have the opportunity to do what the shepherds do. And immediately they went to see this baby. What will you do? Where will you go today? What will you read today? What will you speak today? How will you interact with people today? Will you seek after Christ, our Savior? 
Will you hear great news and respond to it by pursuing after Him? What will you do? Because the same God who gives life and purpose and community in the midst of the darkness and chaos came to live in our darkness and chaos and be with you. That's what Christmas is all about. The one who calms the raging sea was born as a baby. Born into chaos. Born into storms. Born into disease. Into death. Into depression. A world full of it. Into pain. A world full of it. And though the storm surrounded him, and though the storm may surround you, remember he is with you. And remember the storms are obedient to him. And disease is obedient to him. And depression is obedient to him. And death is obedient to him. For he is the one who overcame them all. And so this morning I'm telling you about my Jesus. About my Savior, my God, and my King. And I want to ask you to do what the shepherds do. Will you find him? Will you pursue him? Will you seek him this Christmas morning? Now, did you see what we missed in this passage? It's the question that every single one of us should be asking. Because many of us today, including my friend yesterday, are ready to give in and give up. Maybe some of you feel like Jonah. And maybe you feel like it's better to be tossed overboard. But have you ever thought, like, why didn't Jonah just say, hey, look, God, rather than me being tossed into the ocean and be swallowed by a great fish, how about I go back to Nineveh and do what you called me to do in the first place? See, many of us are in the same place. We've been running, hiding, rejecting. You feel like you're done and giving up in life, but you miss something. Jonah wants God to calm the sea to save others by him giving up his own life. Of course, it's a picture of the gospel. He's going to give up his life to save others. But we miss something in Mark chapter 4. It's the question that we all should ask, and it's the question that the disciples would ask. Because remember, Jesus calms the sea. Like the Spirit hovering above the waters, and God speaks and all of creation exists, and everything moves and breathes to the rhythm of His heartbeat, to the rhythm of His thought, to the rhythm of His desires in creation. Jesus calming the wind and the waves, creating out of nothing everything. And do you know what those disciples asked? It says, And they were terrified and asked one another, Who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. This Jesus, who is in the boat with them and who is with you today, this Jesus is God. A baby born in Bethlehem who calms the raging sea and who calms your raging storm. Maybe today you feel like Jonah on the boat giving up because it's your fault. Maybe you feel like the disciples on the boat afraid for your life because of the storm around you. I just don't want you to forget this. There was a baby born in Bethlehem who came into the midst of the wind and the waves and the storm that was around him, the disease and death and depression that was around him, and he overcame. And that same God lives in you. And so before you give into the waves, will you seek him? Before you give up your calling, will you seek him? Before you give up on your family, Will you seek Him? 
because he's the God of miracles. So go and find him. We celebrated this week, in this past few months, this past few weeks, the candles that just are picture of Jesus and his love for us. We celebrated the measure of his love, the warmth of his peace, the richness of his joy, and the security of his hope. So I hope this morning, as you walk away, you will remember that our great God came as a baby, born holy, and lived a life that I could not and was condemned guilty. He died the death that I will not and was declared victorious. And he rose from the grave, even though I have not. I am promised one day. And so until then, I will live for him, die for me. And until then, I'm telling you about a baby born in Bethlehem. His love, joy, peace, and hope can be found. And so just look to him. You see, I want to remind you as Casey and Rachel come up to close us with Silent Night, I want to remind you of this important truth. There's no reason for us to celebrate Christmas if Christ didn't come born as a baby. Because there's no hope. The only reason that Christmas has any form of joy is because of Christ. There's no present that's great enough to sustain you to next year. There's no gift that's big enough to sustain you to next year. There's no gift that's big enough to sustain you through disease or through the death of a loved one. There's no gift that's big enough to sustain you through the frustrations of your life or the struggles within your family. There's no gift big enough. There's no Christmas tree. There's no Christmas light. There's no Christmas decoration. Do you know millions and billions of dollars are spent on celebrating Christ or, or celebrating Christmas? Millions and billions of dollars every year are spent on celebrating Christmas. But do you know that only, there's only one thing that actually makes a difference for Christmas? There was a baby born. And that baby was God. And that baby died on a cross. And that baby rose from the dead. And that baby is our King, and His name is Jesus. And so with every thought you have, celebrate Christmas. Not because of the money you spent or the decorations you have, or the sounds and the music, or the lights and the videos. Celebrate Jesus, because He's the only reason that this season is worth celebrating. And so if you find yourself today in the storms and the waves and the wind, the disease and the depression and the death, maybe you feel like you've lost your calling, you've lost your purpose. No matter why you're sitting in here today thinking about somebody who's not with you or thinking about something that is around you that you struggle with, remember this. Jesus came right into the midst of it so that we could celebrate today and not mourn. We have a hope that's different than the world. Will you celebrate it with me? I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to continue to sing. Our God, you are the God who has created more for us than we could have ever imagined. You built for us a, a place to dwell and to live in your presence, in all the beauty and the miraculous love and hope and peace and joy that you would pour out into our hearts. And Father, though we messed it up, and though we face things today because of that of our fault because of our sin and our struggle though we face those things today we're confident that you are with us and so whether god you're in the boat with us or whether god you're in our families with us or right now in this moment with us or in our minds with us as we struggle or our physical bodies as we ache no matter what we experience today i'm confident that you are with us and because you are god with us emmanuel we have something worth celebrating today 
And so, God, we celebrate you. We worship you. We proclaim your name in this place. Higher than anything else we could say today. Above all things that we celebrate today. Above all excitement that we experienced this morning and last night. Above everything, we worship you. For you are the only one who is worth worshiping today. And so, God, hear all worth, all honor, all glory being cried out through our song, through the heart, through our love, through our worship and service and sacrifice. We love you. God, we thank you. And we pray this through the power of your spirit and the victorious blood of Jesus Christ. i uh-huh.
last verse together, just voices. Remember, the scripture says, immediately the shepherds went and found Jesus. Would you go and find your Savior, Jesus? Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you later. You have any questions about the sermon or would like to know more about following after Jesus, uh, please contact us and we would love to talk more about your relationship with Christ and how you can grow in your spiritual journey.